The NFL playoffs are in full swing. We are hot recently, going 37-15 in our last six weeks. Our lifetime playoff records is 162-96. and Get on board now and take advantage of our one-time offer of $125 off our postseason all-access package. All you need to do is Google Sharp Football, click on the website Sharp Football Analysis, and click the blue banner up top to get access. Welcome to the Sharp Angles Betting Podcast. I'm Ryan McChrystal. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan underscore McChrystal. And be sure to rate, review, subscribe to the Sharp Angles Podcast, as always, wherever you're listening to us today. I'm excited to dive into some divisional round props. I'm going to have at least one prop for you on each of these games. I'm excited for these games in general. I don't know about you, but last week watching those games, it kind of felt like maybe that was like week 19 of the regular season. And now the playoffs actually start today, with the exception of a few moments that were uh, kind of exciting last week. Obviously, the Jaguars come back, the big fumble return in the Bengals-Ravens game. But other than those moments, that did not really feel like playoff football to me. I think this week, although we do have a couple of games that certainly have blowout potential, I think for the most part, these games are going to feel more competitive, even if the final scores maybe uh, maybe some of the final scores aren't close. I think even for the teams that are potentially going to get blown out this week, you know, the Jaguars and Giants, obviously the two most likely candidates to be on the losing end of a blowout. I think just the fact that they survived last week, just having that playoff test run makes that a little bit less likely. You know, they're a little bit more prepared for this environment. And so I have uh, higher hopes for this weekend in general. And obviously this was the weekend last year that was probably the greatest playoff weekend in the history of the NFL with all those last second wins. Uh, so, you know, I don't think we'll quite get that this year, but hopefully we get some interesting games at least. So let's dive into the props. I'll just go in order of the game. So starting out with Jaguars Chiefs. And in this one, I'm going to be on the under on Christian Kirk's receptions. have not seen a line posted for this yet, but it's probably going to be five and a half. If it drops to four and a half, I'll still be on the under. Either of those numbers have been his. Those have been his numbers throughout pretty much the entire season. So we should get it at one of those numbers and I'll take it at either. Obviously, if it's at five and a half, I like it a little bit more. And if it is that number, this is probably my favorite prop of the weekend. It really has to do with the Chiefs' usage of two high safety coverages. They led the league this year in their rate of two high safety uses, usage 54.8% overall. And they use it at a rate of 50% or higher in 12 of their 17 games. And in this matchup in particular, I think we should feel confident about them hitting that 50% rate or higher likely much higher than that based on their trend of how they adjust their defense based on game script. When the Chiefs are lo- were losing this year, they used the too high safety coverage at a 43% rate when they were losing. When they were winning, it was a 56% rate. And when they were winning in the second half of games, it was a 60% rate. So when they're playing with a lead, they want to use this coverage and they're favored by over a touchdown against the Jaguars. So obviously we have a pretty good reason to believe that this is going to be a very high rate of two high safety coverages that the Jaguars are going to be facing. So we've talked about this this angle a lot this year. Obviously we want to look at how teams adjust for these different coverages. When you're facing a two high safety coverage look, that's going to give you more opportunities in the middle of the field. There's going to be fewer one-on-one opportunities on the outside. 
against a single high coverage, obviously that's where the middle of the field gets taken away more easily. There's more one-on-one opportunities. So a player like Christian Kirk, the Jaguars want to use him more often in one-on-one situations. So when they faced a single high coverage look, Kirk led the team with a 27% target share. The Jaguars' target share breakdown against two high coverages, however, was Zay Jones at 21%, Evan Ingram at 21%, and Christian Kirk at 18%. So he was the third most targeted receiver against two high with a drop-off of 27% down to 18%. Pretty significant drop-off. Now, I also wanted to look at how he fared in these games where they saw an extreme rate of two high coverages because we are expecting him in this game to likely see a 50% rate or higher. So the Jaguars had three games this year where they faced two high coverages at a rate of 50% or higher. Not a huge sample size, but the numbers here are pretty overwhelming in favor of us taking the under on Kirk's receptions. Against the Texans in week five, Kirk had one reception on three targets for 11 yards. Against the Ravens in week 12, four receptions on nine targets, 49 yards. Against the Jets in week 16, three receptions, six targets, 22 yards. In each of those three games, he hit the under on his receptions prop. In the other 14 games, in the other 14 games where he faced too high coverage at a rate under 50%, the over on Christian Kirk's receptions was 12 and two. So when they're seeing single high coverage at a high rate, overwhelmingly the strategy was bet the over on Christian Kirk's receptions. Wish I figured out that trend earlier in the year, but I didn't just didn't really dive into Christian Kirk's usage this closely, unfortunately. But I think this is a really great angle for us this week because, you know, as we laid out, there's a very high probability of them facing too high coverage at a rate of 50% or higher, maybe much higher than that. Because as I said, the Chiefs, when they're winning in the second half of games, use at a 60% rate. So if they build a big lead, they're going to be using too high coverage and that's going to take away Christian Kirk. So we should feel pretty good. As I said, I love this number if it's at five and a half. If it's at four and a half where it has been at times this season, I'm still willing to take the under. His usage really just drops off significantly. Now, an alternative play or a combination play that you could use here is to bet the over on Evan Ingram's Ingram's receptions because while Kirk sees a drop-off in usage, Ingram, like a lot of tight ends against too high coverage, sees a boost. As I said, he has a 21% target share against too high coverage tied with Zay Jones for the team lead this year. Against single high, it was only 14%. So While Kirk sees a big drop-off, Kirk sees a 9 percentage point drop-off against too high, Ingram sees a 7 percentage point increase in target share against too high. So you you can make a pretty strong argument that the the over on Ingram's receptions is also in play this week. I prefer the Kirk one because as I laid out in those games where they see an extremely high rate, his usage really plummets. Uh, But there's there's a good argument for playing the Ingram as well, just based on the exact same logic. All right, for the Giants-Eagles game, my favorite prop here is the over on Miles Sanders' longest rush. I'm hoping this line will be available at 14 yards or lower. I'll take it up to 15 and a half yards, though. Sanders is not a very explosive running back. That's not really a strength of his game. So this is more about the Giants' defense. They actually ranked dead last this year in their rate of allowing three or more yards before contact to running backs at 32%. And they actually got worse as a season wore on in their final five legit games so i'm throwing out week 18 but in their final five games from week seven week 13 to 17 
they allowed three or more yards before contact on 35% of carries. So as I said, it was 32% overall, 35% down the stretch, not trending in a good direction. They allowed 15 or more yards on 7% of carries by running backs. That ranked 31st. So they're giving up this untouched yardage at a high rate. They're giving up big plays at a high rate. And I think Sanders, although he's not an extremely explosive running back, he's going to be able to take advantage of that based on the volume of touches he's going to get and the likelihood that he breaks off one of those. When he was given three or more yards before contact, he picked up 15 or more yards on 12% of his carries. That's not great. It ranked 33rd in the league, so it's not a spectacular rate. I don't feel as good about this as I would against you know, some of the some of the other runners who rank near the top of the league. Like We, we played this prop um, last week with Travis Etienne going up against a weak Chargers defense using basically the same logic. I loved it for Etienne because he is explosive. Sanders isn't that kind of guy, but I think the Giants defense has just been so weak. They've been giving up this untouched yards at such a high rate. I think we can safely play this for almost any running back against them, so long as the number is reasonable. If it climbs too high, if it gets up to 16 or 17, I'll stay away because Sanders is just not hes just not doing that at a consistent rate. But as long as it's at 14 or 15, I'm still willing to take it. He had 12 carries of 15 or more yards on the year. And in that first game against the Giants, three of them were in that game alone. So a fourth of his carries of 15 more yards came against the Giants in that first game. And obviously kind of throwing out that final game against the Giants because it was um, just sort of a, a weird game with it not meaning a whole lot. But he took full advantage of the Giants' weak run defense in their first matchup. The Giants have really only gotten worse in their run defense since then. So Despite Sanders not this not being a prop that you would normally want to play the over on for Sanders, I think in this matchup, it's a good option for us. For the Bengals Bills game, I've got kind of kind of a dilemma here because this one sort of goes against my instinct, but the numbers are are tough to ignore. So I'm going to play the under on Jamar Chase's longest reception based on where it's been available this season. I think we'll probably get it at 25 and a half yards, maybe 24. I'll take it at either of those numbers. And obviously if it goes higher than that as well, this is similar to the Christian Kirk prop that we already talked about, except for chase. I'm going to rather than taking his reception total, because he might still have a really high usage. I'm just going to take the longest reception under, and it's based on the bills use of two high safety coverages. Obviously we just talked about the chiefs. They lead the league in two high safety usage. The Bills are second. Outside the red zone, the Bills use too high coverage on 55% of snaps, second highest rate behind the Chiefs, as I said. And they occasionally use it at extreme rates. They use it at a 60% rate or higher in six games this season. So there's a really good possibility that the Bengals face an extreme rate of too high usage. And that's significant, too, because the Bengals actually do consistently see a high rate of too high coverage. And it makes all, it makes a lot of sense. If you're going up against Chase and Higgins in the Bengals downfield passing game, you want to take that away. Too high coverage is more makes that a little bit easier than when playing single high coverage. So Joe Burrow faced too high coverage at the third highest rate outside the red zone. So it makes sense for the Bills to elevate their too high usage against Cincinnati they already use a high rate. So we can probably expect a rate of 60%, if not higher. As I said, the Bills had uh, six games where they use it at 60% or higher. They also had four games over 70%, peaking at 85% in their first game against Miami. The Vikings game was another game where they had a, 
uh, a rate well over 60%. And it makes sense against those types of teams. If you're going up against a receiver like Tyreek Hill or Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, you want to lean on too high coverage more often to take away the deep ball from those guys. It makes a lot of sense. So how if they use this at such a high rate, how is this going to affect Chase's probability of hitting his longest reception? Well, outside the red zone, Chase had 20 or more yards on 17% of his targets against single high coverage. He burned single high coverage consistently. Against two high coverage, 6% of his receptions went for 20 or more yards. He was not nearly as explosive. If you have safety help over the top, you can kind of take away Jamar Chase. He's still going to get his receptions. He's still going to get the volume of workload, but you can take away the deep ball from the Bengals in these if, if you lean on these too high coverages, which since the Bills already like to do it, it kind of just makes too much sense to expect them to do it again. And as I said, the Bengals have played too high coverage at a relatively high rate. They've played only four games in which the defense used it at a rate of 60% or higher, which I think is a pretty reasonable expectation based on the Bills' already elevated rate and the incentive to increase your usage against Chase. So in those four games, let's look at Chase's longest reception when he was facing too high coverage at a rate of 60% or higher. Against the Steelers, his long reception was 24 yards. Patriots, 18 yards. Cowboys, 17 yards. Ravens, 13 yards. So in those four games, his longest reception was 24 yards. So since we're usually seeing longest reception props of Chase at 24 or 25 yards, somewhere in that range, this just all these numbers line up pointing towards the under. Now, as I said, it kind of goes against my instinct. Joe Burrow against Josh Allen, that's obviously shootout potential in this game. There could be some deep balls thrown downfield, especially if it's a close game in the second half. You know, maybe maybe these trends don't matter at all because these quarterbacks are just slinging all over the field. That certainly seems possible. But you know what? With When we have this many numbers lining up pointing in one direction, I've got to trust these numbers and expect – the Bills to be able to take away the Bengals deep ball. So despite the fact that we might lose this game, might lose this because this game just turns into a wild shootout, I'm still going to be on the under for Chase's longest reception so long as it's around 24, 25 yards. Final game of the weekend, Cowboys 49ers. I'm going to be on the under on Ezekiel Elliott's longest rush so long as it's 10 yards or higher. It was 12 and a half last week. So I think there's a pretty good chance that we get it at a double digit yardage number in which case i'll be on the under we played this against the 49ers last week with kenneth walker and we won and it just has a lot to do with the 49ers ability to limit yards before contact basically the opposite of what we were just talking about with miles sanders going up against the giants 49ers allow three or more yards before contact on 18 percent of carries by running backs that's the third lowest rate that's bad news for elliot there's a reason why i'm taking elliot here and not pollard he only has 17 plays of 10 or more yards all season. He's not an explosive player at this stage of his career. 12 of those 17 plays of 10 or more yards occurred when he had at least two yards before contact. And when limited to two or fewer yards before contact, he gained 10 or more yards on just 3% of his carries. So I particularly like this for Elliott because he's, he's much less explosive than Pollard. He struggles to have these big plays to begin with. He's not going to have a lot of running room against the 49ers. And because he's less explosive and the 49ers are favored, the game script also has more of a potential to impact Elliott's usage than Pollard, I would think. So 
potential for decreased usage, not a lot of running room, not a very explosive running back. All that points to the under for Ezekiel Elliott's longest rush, so long as it's available at 10 yards or higher. One more prop for 49ers Cowboys games. Uh, this is related to the kind of the same reason why we're taking the Elliott under on his longest rush. And I'm going to be on the over on CD Lamb's receptions. This number is probably available at five and a half. Maybe it's available at six and a half. I like it a lot if it's at five. I'll still take it at six. And it really has a lot to do with how the Cowboys adjust when the run game is taken away from them because of the way they use Lamb. He is sort of an alternative to the run game, although he does occasionally stretch the field for them. He's also used around the line of scrimmage on short targets a lot. So when they're having a hard time running the ball, it's easy to transition to him. Tony Pollard sees those same types of targets too, but Lamb sees them a little bit more consistently. I think we can bet on him getting those types of targets. Um, if, if the 49ers are able to take away the run game, which we definitely think they're capable of because they do it to almost everybody, Dallas has played six games this year in which their running backs were contacted at or behind the line of scrimmage on at least 50% of carries. Now, I mentioned this because I wanted to take a look at Lamb's usage when the run game was shut down. So I'm, I'm using this stat sort of to give us a sample size to look at as to how the Cowboys adjusted to a dominant run defense. So again, we're looking at the six games which the Cowboys played where their running backs were contacted at the line of scrimmage on at least 50% of their carries. In those games, Lamb had 44 receptions. That's an average of 7.3 per game. In the rest of the Cowboys games, Lamb had 63 receptions, an average of 5.7 per game. So about 1.5 receptions more per game in this sample size of games that we've isolated to sort of represent when the Cowboys run game is shut down. So that, that's a pretty good that's a pretty good boost for Lamb seeing that he had 7.3 receptions per game in the in this sample size we're looking at, especially if that line's available at five and a half. For him to be averaging almost two receptions per game more than that, that should make us feel really confident. But as I said, if it's possible this line jumps to six and a half this week, and I'd still be willing to take the over on that. I think the the odds of the 49ers shutting down the Cowboys run game is really good. And Lamb just very consistently is where they pivot to when they can't use the run game they kind of use some of those short receptions with him as an extension of the run game essentially so i, I think these two uh, cowboys props are, re are really strongly connected there's a good chance we can win both of them if if the, in fact the 49ers shut down the run game so the under on elliott's longest rush and the over on lamb's receptions that's it for this week's show hope you have a fun and profitable divisional round weekend <laughs>